What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of A Dietitian's Take. Uh, hope you guys had a great weekend and a great week last week. Uh, great first week of 2023. Hope you guys are crushing your goals. Uh, really excited. Uh, this week, today, actually, January 9th, we just started day one of our first ever round of Thrive, which is our group program to help you just kind of lay the foundation uh, for uh, achieving epic results in 2023. Uh, we're going to uh, give you specific nutrition goals um, every single week, and then you're going to have support in a group format in our Facebook group. Uh, we're we're going to do education, Q&As. Uh, uh, we're going to do little challenges in there weekly. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun time over these next six weeks. And uh, really excited to see all of the people who entered uh, this first round absolutely crush it and to see them even go you know, even forward um, and crush their goals going forward from there. So uh, really excited for that. Uh, not sure when we'll be running the next round. Um, if you like really want to get in on this round, um, you know, since we are in the first week and this is technically the first day, uh, you can still join if you want to, uh, but make sure you join ASAP. That way you don't miss out on any time. Um, but the next round will probably be likely in maybe three to four months. So uh, this would be the time to get in on it. And in the meantime, obviously, we always have our um, elite level one-on-one coaching program that you can join um, in between there. That way you can get started anytime. You don't have to wait until the next group program launch. Um, but really excited for this podcast episode. So this week is going to be um, uh, really educational, this podcast episode. So um, I was reading an article from... Um, a research subscription that I have called MASS, uh, which stands for Monthly Applications and Strength Support. And what they do is they review uh, recent research every single uh, month, and they review articles, go over them, talk about the methods, talk about the results, uh, talk about how um, these results kind of stand in the grand scheme of research, like overall, uh, because we can't just look at one study and think, oh, this is the end-all be-all. We have to look at the totality of uh, the literature or the articles out there. Um, so this was a really interesting topic because it's something that I get a lot of questions on. So a lot of times people um, ask me, you know, what are good foods to eat to lose weight? Like, uh, you know, is this a good food? Is this a bad food? Is this going to make me gain weight? And um, that would be definitely a topic for another uh, podcast as far as, you know, are there good and bad foods? What foods should you maybe consume more of? What foods should you maybe consume less of? Uh, But another question that I get quite often is, when should I eat? Um, So like what time of day? Like is eating late at night bad for me? Is eating first thing in the morning bad for me? Uh, Should I spread my calories out evenly throughout the day? Or should I do something like intermittent fasting and wait until 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. to eat and then jam-pack my calories in a smaller feeding window? Um, So some say like the timing of what you eat or the calories or when throughout the day you eat definitely matter. Some people swear by intermittent fasting, say that that was completely uh, life-changing for them, Uh, which we know from the research that the reason why people do potentially see results from intermittent fasting when it comes to weight loss is because... The smaller your feeding window you have, the less hours in the day that you are actually eating food, which if you limit that feeding window significantly, um, it leads to you most of the time eating less calories. Not all the time, uh, but most of the time. Um, And then some people, on the other hand, they say that total calories are all that matters and it doesn't matter at all when or what time you eat throughout the day. Uh, So I want to dive in and take a look at um, this new article that they talked about in this article. uh, mass, um, mass subscription, whatever <laughs> the, the monthly, um, mass, um, 
uh, PDF that they sent out. Uh, so this new study was published this past year in 2022 by uh, Vucevic, I think that's how you say his last name, um, and and um, his colleagues, and it was titled "Light Iso or Late Isocaloric Eating Increases Hunger." decreases energy expenditure and modifies metabolic pathways in adults with overweight and obesity. So isocaloric means basically the same amount of calories um, between the two groups that they were looking at. Uh, so um, they, the title infers that the later you eat at night, you're going to have increased hunger, your energy expenditure or the amount of calories you burn throughout the day is going to go down, and it's going to modify some um, uh, pathways of metabolism um, in people. So the title sounds scary, right? Like if you're somebody who likes to eat late at night, you're like, oh shoot, like this is going to increase my hunger and decrease the amount of calories I burn. But it's important to look further than just the title and look at the actual research and what they found because a lot of these titles, they can have very um, kind of like clickbaity names. Uh, that way it gets you to actually, you know, be interested in them and want to read them. Uh, so it's important to actually like look through the actual research and, you know, see what they actually found. Um, so this particular study had 16 total participants who were, um, who had overweight or obesity, and there were two different, um, protocols or, um, plans that they had, imp they had these people implement. So one protocol was called the early eating intervention. So this is where people ate at 8 a.m., at noon and at 4 p.m. So um, kind of similar to what probably most people eat as far as their schedule. Um, if they eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, maybe the times are slightly different. Maybe you eat at like 8 a.m. noon and then maybe 5 or 6 p.m., but pretty similar to like a normal quote unquote um, eating style. And then the other protocol or plan was the late eating intervention where people ate at noon, 4 p.m., and 8 p.m. So they, uh, basically had their first meal at lunchtime, and then they had their second meal maybe a little sooner than what you would normally have dinner, and then they had their last meal um, quite a bit later at like 8 p.m., which is probably a little late for most people um, when it comes to eating dinner. Uh, so it was basically shifted back four hours. Uh, so each of these 16 people, they did both of these plans, um, and they just had like a period where um, they did the plan for... Um, a few days and then they had like a washout period, which means they um, pretty much didn't follow any plan for a given amount of time. Uh, that way to kind of give them a little bit of a reset. And then they went into the other plan and they um, eight people started um, with the first group and then ended with the second plan. And then eight people started with the second plan and then ended with the first plan. Um, uh, so um, each person completed both, both of these protocols. Um, one group completed each of them and then switched to the other group. Uh, and this took place in a lab. Uh, so they were able to make sure that participants were actually eating at the right times, like these specific times and eating the right amounts. Like there are some studies where they give people plans, but they have them implement them at their actual like residence, like where they live. And if they, you go with that route, you don't necessarily 100% know that the people are following the plan they're supposed to be following, especially when it comes to like how many calories they're eating. Um, and then if they are exactly eating at noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. But this was done in a lab, so they were able to make sure um, that they were actually following these time periods and then they were actually eating uh, the right amount of calories throughout the day. So they followed um, each of these protocols lasted six days, but they um, had like a one to two day um, kind of reset period, I guess. Uh, so they were really only following 
these eating schedules for around three to four days each. Um, so what did they find when they took a look at this? Um, so what they found was that late eating led to a decrease in 24-hour body temperature, which is a lot of times used to estimate energy expenditure because heat is a byproduct of metabolism. So um, if your body temperature is a little bit higher, it can indicate that your metabolism um, is a little bit higher or you know you burned a little bit more calories. Uh, so they looked at that and they saw that the late eating uh, intervention, so eating at noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., uh, led to a little bit of a decrease in 24-hour body temperature versus the early feeding period, which was 8 a.m., uh, noon and 4 p.m. They also measured ener energy expenditure through what's called indirect calorimetry. Um, I think I pronounced that right. <laughs> but basically, this looks at ox oxygen consumption and um, uh, of the individual. So they put like a mask on you and they um, calculate how much oxygen oxygen you're consuming and how much carbon dioxide and other waste products you're breathing out. And that's a way for them to estimate um, your metabolic rate too. Um, so what they found with this is that um, there was a 5% decrease in energy expenditure in the late feeding group. So the people who ate at uh, noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., they burned 5% less calories per day, which when we looked at these people, it came out to about uh, 60 calories less burn per day versus the early eating group. Um, the late eating group also... Um, uh, had an increased appetite or had increased appetite related hormone levels, which could impact their hunger from about 10 to 20% they calculated. So uh, whatever your normal hunger um, level would be, or these participants would be um, eating later in the day. So noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, cause their um, hormones, things like ghrelin and things like that to be elevated and cause maybe about a 10 to 20% increase in hunger. Um, they also measured subjective levels of hunger. So how the hungry the people actually felt not just their like hormone levels and um, they found that the late eating intervention uh, saw increased subjective hunger levels throughout the day uh, so things like how much a participant would want to eat at any, any given time period um, the desire to eat specifically like starchy foods or meats and then also um, uh, their desire to just eat in general. They measured those things and they saw an increase in those with the people who ate later on in the day. Uh, so this looks like a huge win in the column of having an early eating schedule, right? Um, and if you're somebody who likes to eat most of your calories later in the day, you're probably thinking, wow, like why am I doing this to myself if I'm making things so much harder or more difficult for me? But one thing to keep in mind is that these findings are all mechanistic in nature. So meaning they're measuring what is happening in the body on a process level, but they're not necessarily measuring an outcome. And what I mean is that they don't actually measure the outcome that a lot of you probably care about if you're listening to this, which is, does it cause weight gain, right? Like they didn't actually look at these people and see, okay, they gained weight eating later in the day because of these mechanisms. Um, they just saw these mechanisms occurring. And what we know with the body, with nutrition, which all, with all of these things is there are plenty of mechanisms that occur. But the body is so complex that oftentimes there are other mechanisms that help to balance these things out so they impact us less. Um, so for one mechanism there could be that we measure and see an increase, there could be another mechanism that um, 
decreases that we're not measuring that balances things, these things out. Um, so like I said, they don't make as much of an impact on the overall result of like weight gain or weight loss. Um, and also keep in mind that they only did each of these protocols for less than a week. Like I said, it was only three or four days that they were implementing these specific eating schedules. So if they were to implement them for a little bit longer period of time, um, you could potentially see some of these things start to balance each other out, right? Um, so thinking about those things, there was another study that was more long-term that had 30 participants in it. So both groups ate at the same times. So they didn't alter the amount of, or the time of day these people ate. So they ate at 7.45 a.m., 1 p.m., and 6.30 p.m. Um, so they didn't, both groups ate at the same exact times, but they changed the calorie distribution of the meals. Uh, so one group had 45% of their calories at 745, had 35% of their calories at 1 p.m., and then 20% of their calories at 6.30 p.m. So that group had the bulk of their calories, almost half their first meal a day, and then around a third of their calories for their second meal of the day, and then a fifth of their calories on their third meal of the day. Uh, so eating a little bit more bulk of their calories in the beginning of the day and less later in the day. So that was one group. And then the opposite or the other group just did the opposite. So the other group had 20% of their calories in the morning, 35% of their calories in the, in the afternoon, and then 45% of their calories in the evening. Uh, so like I said, this study, um, Actually, I don't know if I said this. <laughs> this study was four weeks long, so it was a little bit longer, right, compared to just the three to four days of the other study. Um, and both groups had similar amounts when they looked at the end of the four-week period. Both groups had similar amounts of weight loss after the four weeks. And when they looked at um, their energy expenditure or calories burned, um, uh they both saw similar results as far as their total energy expenditure or resting metabolic rate. So there wasn't really any difference between those two. Um, however, they did find that shifting your calories to later in the day um, led to higher levels of subjective hunger. So how hungry they felt, um, their desire to eat, thirst, and appetite score. Uh, and there are other studies out there that show similar findings as well as far as the later on in the day that you tend to have your calories, you, uh, most people at least, tend to feel a little bit hungrier throughout the day. Um, so the energy expenditure piece of this, um, like the first study um, uh, saw that you burn 60 less calories if you ate later on in the day, um, that tends to not really show through in some of these other research studies. Um, so the energy expenditure, how many calories you burn per day, um, uh doesn't really change depending on if you eat early in the day or later on in the day, um, in most studies at least. But the extra hunger throughout the day um, that you experience if you push your meals later on in the day tends to be pretty real, at least for um, a lot of people. But it's also shown that you can um, reduce hunger a little bit through um, like regular time-restricted feeding in some way. Um, so for example, sticking to an eight to 10 hour feeding window, which dare I say, a lot of people implement this, um, and call it intermittent fasting, right? So they push their first meal until noon and then they eat from maybe noon until eight, or maybe they eat from, um, uh, 10 AM to six and that's their feeding window. So they're kind of pushing back breakfast and that could be a way if you regularly do it to decrease hunger during those other periods. Um, so there's kind of this like balance between if you push your meals back, you see a little bit of increased hunger, 
But if you regularly implement this strategy, then that hunger level might go down a little bit and balance itself out. So, um, and this is why some people find it helpful for weight loss um, to stick to a feeding window because it oftentimes makes makes them, um, you know, skip a meal during those times where they're not actually eating, which then can cause a reduction in calories. But obviously, there's um, the mental or psychological component to it, to where like if you tell yourself, "Oh, I can't eat during this period of time." Um, it can cause some negative psychological, um, effects if, you know, you're going out to dinner and it tends, it happens to be in a time period that you're not supposed to be eating and you're going out with family and then you end up not eating with your family and that causes some issues. And so there, it's not a foolproof way, obviously, you know, implementing intermittent fasting, um, uh, it's not better than limiting your calories in any other way, um, as far as weight loss or fat loss, and it can get in the way of your lifestyle a little bit, depending on what kind of lifestyle you live. Um, uh, and when people tend to implement intermittent fasting, they tend to do it for the beginning parts of the day, right? Which is opposite of what we'd want to do based on these studies that we were talking about. So what's the big takeaway here? So while hunger levels tend to be reported to be higher with eating later in the day, or having most of your calories later in the day, right? So the first the first study we talked about, um, if you ate at noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. versus 8 a.m., noon, and 4 p.m., you tend to be a little bit hungrier with the later eating schedule. Um, and then same thing with the other study we talked about that had um, the distribution of calories a little bit different. So they ate at the same times, but they had the bulk of their calories in the morning versus the bulk of their calories at night. Uh, the people who had the bulk of their calories at night tended tend to experience higher levels of hunger throughout the day too. But it's important to note that while they might be statistically significant, how significant are they in the real world, right? Because we're not necessarily like we want to look at research and look at that as rough guidelines to probably follow. But we want to also keep in mind how it affects us, our day to day life and how we as individuals um, are impacted by these strategies. Because one thing to know is when they look at a study and they say, okay, this, this um, strategy found this result, they're looking at averages of populations or groups. Uh, so within averages of populations or groups, there's always outliers or there's always variability. So there's always people who like maybe, maybe you know, out of the 16 people, um, maybe 12 of them saw increased hunger eating later at night, but maybe there are four people who actually saw increased hunger eating earlier in the day. And for those four people, it might be better to like be okay with having most of your calories later on in the day. So it's important to keep that in mind too. Um, and it, it's important to note, like if you eat more calories later in the day, because it practically fits your schedule, you enjoy it. And it actually helps you stick with your calorie or nutrition targets better. Then it's probably not worth changing, right? Because you're doing those things. You're sticking to your total calories. You're hitting your total protein. You're hitting the rest of your nutrition goals. If you're doing that and seeing progress, um, then why change that just because um, it might not be 100% optimal mechanistically, right? But, but you're still getting the outcome that you want. Um, and there are other variables to think about that are probably more important than switching up like the times of days you eat, right? Um, there are other things that we can manipulate within our nutrition or our lifestyle that have a larger impact, um, especially on hunger too. Like hunger is kind of the big piece that we're talking about that um, seems to be um, different in these studies based on when you eat or how much you eat. 
uh, at different times of the day. But there are other ways that you can impact hunger that are probably going to make a bigger difference. So things like, um, particularly like the food sources you choose. So are you eating a high, higher protein diet? Are you eating a high fiber diet? Um, are you eating mostly whole foods? So limiting the amount of processed food you're eating. Um, are you eating foods that are harder to eat or chew? So things that require more chewing uh, to eat. Um, it's really simple and you might not even thought about it, but those foods tend to fill us up more because it requires more work to mechanically break them down right with our teeth to chew them. Um, and also requires more work to actually digest those. So digestion is a little bit slower. So it fills us up a little bit more. And then also, are we choosing foods that are less calorie dense? So, um, choosing foods like, uh, for example, um, something like, lettuce or spinach or berries or watermelon, those are not very calorie dense, right? A big portion of the that food has very little calories because so much of it is just like water and fiber versus um, something like peanut butter or extra virgin olive oil. Those foods um, are very high calories for the portion that you get with those foods because uh, there's not a whole lot of water. There's no fiber at well in olive oil, there's no fiber in. There might be a little bit of fiber in peanut butter, but those foods um, are more calorie dense. So we can manipulate our hunger based on the calorie density of our foods too. So all of those things, food sources, higher protein, high fiber, more whole foods, foods that are harder to eat or chew, and then choosing foods that are less calorie dense, those things are all going to make a bigger impact on our overall hunger throughout the day than manipulating um, what times of day, what times of the day that we eat or how much um, of our calories we're eating at particular times of the day. Um, and also maintaining a regular feeding window or schedule too. So whatever kind of feeding window you choose, whether it's eating most of your calories later in the day or in the beginning of the day, if you regularly stick to that, your hunger will will um, begin to be a little bit more routine too. Um, so that will help to just um, reduce hunger between those periods. Like if you're going from eating large meals in the morning and then the next day your next large meal is going to be in the evening and then you're switching to the morning again and evening if you're constantly switching those things up your hunger is going to be um you know increasing and decreasing during those windows then that you on that one random given day you're not eating that much food and that's going to cause you to just perceive um, higher hunger levels throughout the day too um, so once we kind of get those things down, you know, we fix our food sources, those five variables I mentioned, and then we maintain a regular feeding or eating schedule. Once we get those things down from there and only then what I really, you know, recommend once those other boxes are checked off, like if you're still experiencing extreme hunger, worry about maybe shifting calories a little bit more to have most of them or at least a higher portion of them towards maybe the beginning of the day. But like I said, um, you know, what you can stick to uh, long term and what's more practical for you, for your schedule, for your lifestyle, what you enjoy is the most important factor um, because whatever way you choose to eat, whatever schedule you choose to eat that allows you to hit your total calorie intake with the most ease is going to be the one that's going to um, cause more long term success. So if you are a late eater and you are seeing great results already and you find it very easy to fit to the schedule, um, these results are not <laughs> nearly substantial enough to, um, you know, cause you to want to uh, shift more of your meals to the beginning of the day. So um, overall, um, you know, does the amount of calories at the time of day we eat uh, impact results? 
could cause a little bit more hunger if you push more of your calories through later in the day. Um, but it can also be a little bit individual based on your lifestyle, um, what you enjoy in those types of things. So, um, just whatever allows you to hit your, um, calorie targets the easiest with the most ease, um, without, um, a lot of resistance, that's going to be the best route for you. So hopefully this was informative and helpful to go over that. Um, like I said, group program thrive day one today. So excited. If you want to get in on this week, you can still join this week. Um, uh, and you'll still really see the bulk of the results from the program. Cause we're kind of doing, um, uh, this week, we're just kind of laying the uh, foundation for everything. So you won't really miss a whole lot. And all of the videos and everything are all pre-recorded too. So you'll get access to all of those. Uh, uh, but if not, our one-on-one coaching program where um, we work with people to get epic results uh, throughout the year is still, uh, we're still taking on new clients for that. So that is always available. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, love you all. Appreciate the support. And I will see you guys in the next one.